Hello and welcome to the Use Because podcast. Deeper learning from the best business minds to have ever put pen to paper. Well there, Use Because our friends had an idea a while ago, or a thought I should say, that a lot of the time when we look at different business books, whether it's for a podcast or whether it's for the courses that we're putting together, I often mention that some of these books are on the same topic. It could be on sales, persuasion, leadership, negotiation, whatever it happens to be, sense making. And I often mention that this book overlaps with this other book and that there is some conflicting arguments about a particular way that you know, something should be or what the truth of the matter is. And it occurred to me that what I should do is I should really pair these books together talk about them simultaneously. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about two books to do with negotiation and we've done podcasts very recently on these. Uh, You can get those at usebecause.com forward slash podcast and the two books that we're going to talk about is this first one is called Getting to Yes. Um, It's considered to be the the go-to book for negotiation, for understanding what a negotiation should be. But after I read this book and I read it I read it years ago and I read it again recently before we did the podcast on it. I then found another book and the other book is called this, Never Split the Difference. And in this book, the author, Chris Foss, is he's a former FBI hostage negotiator. And his problem in this book is that he says that this book only tells half the story. And the way I explained it, and I can't, it was one of the podcasts on one of these books, it was probably in this one, Never Split the Difference. The way I explained it was that the map is not the territory, right? So think about what that means. If I want to go and climb a mountain somewhere, um, I can I can look at a map and the map will tell me, you know, the, the gradient at certain points. It'll tell me what path I should most likely aim for. But that's not the territory. It doesn't tell you what you will face weather-wise. When you get there, it won't tell you what you will face with the people you're going with, whether they're going to be faster or slower than you. It won't tell you anything about the blisters you're going to get on your heels of your your feet from your new hiking boots. The map is not the territory. The map only tells half the story. So in this book, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss talks. He he doesn't specifically use that example that the map is not the territory, but it's the point he's making, is that this book is very good at... Uh, laying out how, in a very clinical scenario, how a negotiation should go. But Chris Voss says that in reality, it isn't always possible to do what they say in getting to yes. So I spoke about both of these books in two separate podcasts. What I thought I'd do today is talk about both of them. Talk about how, uh, what we like about both of them and um, how they kind of differ. And I think it's hugely important to make sure that when you're when you're trying to understand a topic, whether it's like this negotiation, whether it's sales, persuasion, communication, leadership, whatever, right? There's no point reading one book. There's no point taking one course. There's no point listening to one person's opinion because it is just that. It's one person's opinion. You have to make sure that you're taking information from, from lots of different areas and really try to unlock the topic from as many different points of view as possible. Personally, what I do, when I read one of these books and when I read Getting to Yes, I always read those books and I take I take in everything as if it's absolute fact. It, it's just uh, undeniable, right? That it, these are just uh, universal truths. 
And the reason I read a book like that is because it, it makes it easier for me personally to kind of take in this information and digest it then over the days and weeks after I've read it. And then decide, well, is that true or not? The second thing that I do then is that I try and find a book or try and find something that counters the argument. Try and find somebody that is uh, just as credible as the first author or the first person I've listened to, possibly from a slightly different angle or from a slightly different point of view or completely opposing points of view, and weigh up the, what's right and what's wrong. Now what you'll find is in both of these books on, on negotiation, uh, they both speak a lot of truth. But this one is the map, whereas this one is the territory. So getting to yes is the map, as in it's the uh, it's the rules of how you go about uh, organizing a negotiation. Whereas this one is what you do when the shit hits the fan. That's kind of you know when it's time to. But I'll give an example. I'll give you an, a, a direct example. In this book, he talks about some or they just two authors. This one, they talk about something called BATNA, right? B A T N A. And your BATNA is your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And they say that you should you should have this decided before you go into a negotiation, so whether you're buying a house, whether you are... Uh, let, let's say, for example, you want to go and um, ask your boss for um, a pay raise. And uh, your BATNA will be the decision you make beforehand. What's the red line that you say, okay... If I don't get an agreement here, I'm going to walk away or I'm going to uh, accept another job or I'm just going to go back to my desk and continue my job um, for the money that I'm currently on. What's the what's the, the best alternative? If you don't get a negotiated agreement, what's the best alternative? Which in theory sounds great that that's kind of part of, of it's, it's, it's part of a negotiation to make sure that your preparation beforehand ensures that you have uh, a point in the negotiation when emotions are high and uh, um, you know you might not be thinking clearly, you, you should have that written down that if we get to this point, if the price gets to this number, if whatever the thing is, that's the point at which we'll walk away. So that's it. We, we cannot negotiate any further. It's a red line for us. Chris Vostel, he makes the point that if you're a hostage negotiator and uh, he has been in a situation like this and he talks about it in the book, he says... If there's somebody who has taken hostages in a bank and he's outside the bank and there's two hostages inside, you can't split the difference. You can't have a best alternative to a negotiated agreement. You can't say, well, you keep one hostage and I'll take one hostage and we'll call it quits. That would be a pretty poor return on, uh, on, on your time and effort right, in that negotiation. So his point is that in reality, you should never split the difference. Now, there's certain things he talks about in, in Never Split the Difference for how to actually achieve that. But like I said, he doesn't totally disagree with getting TS. He very much builds on it, I suppose. He kind of takes the theory off the page, the map, if you like, and puts it out into the real world and tests it. Now, he learned everything he learned about negotiation through, uh, through took a few courses, but found he had a kind of a natural knack for it as well and was able to use that kind of little little, I suppose, uh, sliver of light into how negotiations should be and through just, you know, making lots of mistakes and, and getting things wrong, he was able to build up a really good repertoire of, of techniques for when it comes to, uh, to negotiation. And I'll give you a for example. One of the things he talks about in, in, in uh, Never Split the Difference is that 
he uses something called late night uh, DJ radio voice or something like that. I might have the exact phrase wrong. But the idea is that if you think about somebody who is a late night DJ on the radio, they're not like the people on the morning show who are full of energy and, you know, all hyped up. The late night DJ has that slow, deep, calming voice. It's appropriate for that that time of night where they're playing the love songs and whatever it is they're playing. And he said a lot of the time when it comes to negotiations, what you need to do is you need to make sure that you are you're seeming in control, even if you don't feel like you are, is to make the other person feel like calm and relaxed and to use what he calls the late night DJ voice. It's to kind of slow everything down and, and you know, there's no rush and let's, let's kind of all calm down. In this book though, Getting to Yes, the, the authors talk about separating the, uh, the, the, the position from the interests. So I want to pay $50, you want me to pay $75. Um, a lot of the time people think a negotiation is we just go back and forth until we kind of meet somewhere in the middle or until one of us gives up. That's taking up positions, right? So in this book, they say that you should get behind the position. Why do I only want to pay 50 euro? Would I be willing to pay 40 euro now and pay 10 euro until we get to 75 euro in you know six weeks time or something? Or what is it? why do you want 75 euro? Is it because you want to take that money and go and buy something else with that money? So it's about understanding what's behind the interests, or sorry, what's behind the positions to understand the interest. Well, why is it that you want that? Uh, why is it, it, rather than me saying, I want this and you want that, why don't we figure out what it is we actually both want? And he talks in this book as well about um, almost, when, when it comes to a negotiation, you should be two judges, two Supreme Court judges looking at a case together, trying to solve it. Rather, standing shoulder to shoulder rather than standing across from each other like adversaries. The, the two of us together are going to figure this out. Right? The two of us, you, you want to sell it, I want to buy it. I want this much, I want to pay this much, you want to charge me that much. Let's figure it out together. And he agrees in this book with that approach, with that theory. But he says that sometimes trying to separate people or trying to separate somebody's position from their interests uh, doesn't work because their interests, the, if you're, you know, you're going into rob a bank, let's say, and uh, it all goes sideways, and now you end up with 10 hostages, which was absolutely not part of the plan at all. I don't know what my interests are. My interests are, um, I want the money. I was just going to, you know, uh, uh, escape out the front door and nobody's going to get hurt. Now I have 10 hostages. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my interests are. So that's where in Never Split the Difference, he talks about, well, you know, let's use the, the late night uh, DJ voice and, and see, how we, uh, see how we can go from here. So I suppose... The, the key thing from, from both of these books is that there's a, there's a lot to be, I, what I would suggest you do, if you're, if you're interested in learning about negotiation from a couple of different points of view, is to go and listen to both of these podcasts on our, on our website uh, and compare for yourself then which you think is correct and which, you, which, which bits you can, you can learn from and which bits you can disregard. Um, hopefully none of you will ever find yourself on, on either side of a hostage negotiation uh, where you'll have to use this stuff, but he, his point in this book is, of course, this can, these techniques and these ideas can be applied everywhere. His, his problem in this book is that this book only really talks about the, the raw data of a negotiation. It doesn't allow for um, irrational human beings who are part of a negotiation. 
And actually, the, I'll, I'll finish with this. The, the fundamental thing he says in Never Split the Difference is that in getting to yes, it's very much, uh, they've, dis, they've assumed that people are rational. And by assuming that they're rational, then the rest of this stuff applies. But his point is that people are not rational. People are not making rational decisions. It's like in sales. We, I say this all, I think I probably say this in every podcast, but uh, uh, to sell is human like Dan Pink. He makes the point, which we did, did, a pod, did three podcasts, not actually. It, uh, uh, it's one of my favorite books about sales because his point is that we're all in sales in that book. But he makes the point in that book that we all buy things irrationally. We all buy things that are, uh, they're, most purchases are done with the emotional brain and we back them up with, a, uh, with logic afterwards. We kind of layer in the rationality afterwards. Um, that's kind of similar to what they're talking about in this book is that you have to assume people are irrational, that they have confirmation bias, that they have a cognitive dissonance, right? They've, they've all this stuff swirl these contradictions. We're all just a big mess of contradictions. And you have to allow for that going into a negotiation. Even if the person sitting across from you is wearing a really sharp three-piece suit and seems like they have all their, their, uh, their ideas and, and their points together, at a certain point in the negotiation, they'll get hungry, they'll get thirsty, they need the toilet, they just get frustrated, they get uh, cocky, they get egotistical, they, they start to lose their, um, their confidence. All of these things happen. We're all just a swirl of these things all the time. And Chris Voss's point is that you have to ensure that you're allowing for that in any negotiation. But in this book, this will set you up with the fundamentals of what a negotiation should be. In this book, then, I suppose, is probably a pretty good follow-on. So, so that's it. Um, I think it's an interesting way to, to look at uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to try and find another book on negotiation and I'll compare it to one of these two and I think that's how all of us together will start to to move forward to understand negotiation leadership sales persuasion all these different things I want to start comparing books and understanding them from a from different points of view and understanding where they overlap understanding where they uh, where they conflict with each other and now all Every individual themselves has to decide, well, what makes sense to me. Um, final thing I'll say, go to usebecause.com, have a look at our courses page. Uh, we take books like these and we convert them into uh, digital courses. We make sure that you understand, remember, and deliberately practice through our, uh, I guess you'd call it a suite of e-learning tools that uh, we've built ourselves. I'm very proud of them. So go and have a look at uh, usebecause.com and uh, go to the courses page and obviously then the podcast as well which is one of the i guess it depends when you're when you're watching this video but one of the most um popular uh, podcasts we've had recently is on um, sense making actually by quite a margin for some reason people seem to be interested and that that podcast specifically is about understanding data um isn't the answer that we probably all thought it was big data as they call it there needs to be human intuition with it as well so um, we need space for the humanities in the, the age of the algorithms. That's just an aside. So go to usebecause.com forward slash podcast and go to usebecause.com forward slash blog for um, some, some more ramblings um, about this kind of stuff. So until next time, usebecausers, talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, before you go, just a quick message about usebecause.com and what we're all about. If you want to get more and go deeper, head over to usebecause.com to get your content served three different ways. Firstly, our courses. 
We take the content from books just like the one in this episode and teach it to you through a suite of bespoke e-learning tools that ensure you understand, remember and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. It's a way to measure your soft skills. So head over to usebecause.com and click on the courses page. Secondly, more podcast episodes. Usually, it's one episode a week covering the actionable content from a non-fiction book. You can find all these episodes at usebecause.com forward slash podcast. Finally, our blog, where we write about some of these books and some of our own learnings about the world and how it works. And there at usebecause.com forward slash blog. If you enjoy this content and you can think of anyone else who might also enjoy it, please just let them know because we want to teach as many people as we can. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram or sign up for our newsletter. So until next time.